Hey everybody, welcome to episode 55 of Two Views Movies Podcast. What is up everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, a spoiler-filled podcast by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we are diving into Peppermint today, the Jennifer Garner action movie, supposedly. Punisher? Yeah. Female, yeah, female like Punisher? Said, <laughs> yes, a female Punisher, which I think in hindsight is still pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh, it's about a grieving mother who transforms herself into a vigilante following the murders of her husband and daughter, eluding the authorities to deliver her own personal brand of justice. Yeah, accurate. It's directed by Pierre Morel, who did Taken, The Gunman, and From Paris with Love. Uh, we already mentioned it's got Jennifer Garner as the cast. I put John Ortiz, and I in parentheses said he's a that guy, because I see him everywhere in commercials and TV shows and right. stuff, but you would never know him by name, no. I don't think. And then I also wanted to give a little credit to a random late Method Man appearance. Right. <laughs> Where did he's that in, come from? He's in two scenes, and... Uh, I told my wife, I go, that's Method Man. And she's like, why was he not in more of the movie? Why would you cast him and yeah. not use him? It, in two scenes, but like the third act only. Oh, yeah. He just shows up. He's one of the cops. Very end of the movie, which barely even moves the plot at all. Like a completely unnecessary cameo no. from Method Man. <laughs> completely. <laughs> I, and it, I mean, it's not like it's a huge actor. It's Method Man. But I mean, to be able to Still. pick him out, you're just like, why? Why? What? Yeah. Okay. Why? Fine. Why would you sign on for these two lines? Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely definitely interesting. So, a couple of things have happened since I've seen the movie. I watched Law Abiding Citizen the other day, and okay. I was, um, I was shocked at how much the setup is entirely similar. I mean, the movie plays out very differently, but the setup is almost step by step. It's uh, a spouse sees their spouse and child murdered in front of them. They don't believe that the plea deal or whatever happens in court is fair, so they take justice into their own hands. I mean, that's very, I know, vague and generalizing, but right. but I mean, it is like step by step. Now, where it diverges is how does Gerard Butler and law abiding law abiding citizens case? What actions does he take versus what does Jennifer Garner take? Yeah, but I mean, that initial setup is well. I mean, that's the initial setup in hundreds of movies. I mean, yeah, that, I, I don't. That, that's the vengeful theme. That's, yeah, it doesn't always play into like the the court did me wrong angle. I don't know that it always goes that far. Sometimes there's corrupt cops. Sometimes there's guys from your past who have caught up to you or whatever. But this one was playing the angle of the justice system is flawed, so I'm gonna go get justice on my own. Yeah, and that's a that's a small part of this. Yeah, um, it's yes, the justice system did her wrong, and she took care of those people. But the majority is vengeance on the cartel. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, because it chooses not to show us right. <laughs> half the other vengeance. It, it didn't show us a lot. Right. The other thing that I did was I, I started looking into this guy a little bit more, the director, Pierre Morel. So we mentioned the movies that he did, and I was like, he's really in this like intersection of generic action movies that aren't great. I was like, so where, where did this guy come from? Because he, he couldn't have just popped up out of nowhere and all of a sudden been given Taken and then been, you know, the gunman and from Paris with love. I mean, those are, those are not, okay, Taken is above average. Right. But the other ones are not. So I kind of wanted to explore where he came from and he worked under a couple of guys. So the first one was Luke 
Besson, which we know because he did Leon, the professional, and he did Fifth Element. But he also directed Lucy and Valerian, which I know you've recently seen Valerian. <laughs> I know it's not an action movie, but Lucy was. But So he's got some good movies, but yeah, it's some not so good ones. But then he also wrote Transporters, Revolver, Unleashed, and All the Takens. And this Pierre Morel, he served as like a cameraman or cinematographer underneath Luke Besson. So I was trying to figure out, like, where did this guy come from? The other person he worked a lot under was, I think it's Louis Letillier. I don't know. I think he's French. I always struggle with French names. But that guy directed The Transporters. He directed Unleashed, uh, Incredible Hulk, so the one with Edward Norton, and Clash of the Titans. So Pierre Morel worked under all those guys on all those movies in some capacity. So the coaching tree is not... <laughs> yeah, that's exactly yes. what I'm saying. I mean, I was kind of interested in where this guy came from, but there's a there's a whole swath of people that he learned from and movies that he learned from that are just very average action movies. Well, and I, I'm glad you, you're spending more time on the director than we normally do because I believe the fault of this movie is all on him. I feel like it's it's all on his shoulders. I feel like the necessary components were there, and I feel like he spent his time on things that uh, weren't as important and ignore the rest. And I just, yeah. and from the filming, from the, the scenes that it looked like they did one take. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and I, I put that in my, in my review on Letterboxd was, looks like I did one take. That's good enough. Let's get to the gunfights. You know? right. And like, let's just move it along. And you know, the courtroom scene with, with Jennifer was, was not good. It was no. not good. And I feel like that was just one take. And like, she did it once and, like okay feedback notes no no we're good we got it you know <laughs> right. and then let's just move on yeah. because i've seen jennifer act right before and that was not at her at her best at all no no and, it wasn't and and not only was the acting not good and that was from everybody like the judge the lawyer the bad guys none of that was good acting or no. good setup but i also felt like it was like, they didn't want to do it. Like you said, they just had to do it. Like, they felt the need to tell us, like, okay, this is how she got screwed over and why she... And it's just, like, the judge's reasoning for why, like, well, we can't we can't trust you because you were kind of blacking out at the time. So, oh, you guys are off scot-free. Right. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a way to get in and out of a courtroom scene as fast yes. as possible. Right. And she tried. She tried to do it the right way. Right. And, you know, and... Well, and then she, she bashes the cop on the head when he's in the ambulance. Yeah, and, and escapes, but she had no reason to. Escape. I mean, she might have. Got... She was going to the psych ward. Oh, was she? Is that what they that said? What they said. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. Because she attacked the. Yeah, she got tasered and stuff. So I figured they were going to treat her and make sure she was okay. But like... no, they were taking her. To the... They said that twice uh, because that they were taking her to the psych ward. <laughs> because... That place is a hellhole. Is what they were saying. <laughs> because that's what you do to grieving moms who lash out in a courtroom. You just yeah. immediately yeah. lock yeah. them psych... up in the psych ward. Psych ward. Yeah, we don't give them any leeway. Nobody else is going to take care of her. Yeah. Yeah. The psych ward. We don't give them any leeway on how they might <laughs> act at their husband and daughter's death with the criminals getting off, but just straight to the psych ward. Yeah, the, and she gets a trial for that too. Yeah. No, or just throw her in the back of the yeah. ambulance and take her to the psych ward. Yeah, that, that scene was extremely, extremely painful. Yeah. You, you needed it to understand what's going on here. Yeah. But th- they, like you said, it felt like they had to have it in there, but didn't care about it at all. Yeah. So. And your point too about, you know, just wanting to get back to the action. I think that's fine. And I think that's what most people want. They want you to get back to the action, but 
in my case, I thought the action was very bland and vanilla and generic. So when they did get to the action, it wasn't anything cool for me. So I was like, well, I, I guess I don't really care. Well, and that, that's where we differ because I think the action, the choreography I thought was, was good. And I do not give uh, Pierre credit for <laughs> the choreography because I, right. I doubt he did any of that. And well, so, I doubt he did the choreography, but usually they work with a director to figure out how, to fi- how best to film the choreography. Yeah, well, I, I don't give him credit for those. and. I liked the way she did the pinata scene, the pinata warehouse, you know, that whole scene. I I liked that. I think like they took a bit from John Wick. I'm not saying it's as good as John Wick, but the, the quick taps to the, to the face. I mean, like, like she's point blank for a lot of these guys that you just like taken, taken aback by. He just <laughs> yeah shoots him in the knee, drops to a knee, and then pop right in the face and, right. and just methodically moves through this. And I really enjoyed those scenes. Um, and so I do, I'm not as down on, and, and yes, we've, we've seen it in other movies, so it's not groundbreaking, but I thought it was done really well. Yeah. See, I, I, and I don't, I thought it was average. I don't know if I'd say the action was below average, but at, at max, it was just average. It felt very late nineties, early two thousands point and shoot. Like there's really nothing else added to the scenes other than just like the scene where she's rolling, walking behind the truck. I mean, all she's really doing is just pointing and shooting guys and they're going down. There's, there's very little hand to hand combat that she does. So, well, um, yeah, that's true. Uh, I did like the, the truck scene of her taking out those guys movie logic aside of how that even happened. <laughs> you mean how she got the truck to keep, going, to keep going while they're dead in there? Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, so she got it, maybe cruise control, but then she had to get out of the car right. to, to set that. And the whole thing just didn't make a lesson. I, <laughs> right, I liked yeah. the scene if it would have worked in life yeah because yeah. it's not the usual where they kill a guy in the truck and then they wedge something on the gas pedal right. and let it go flying in and distraction then you come in shooting it was going along it like a, i mean she was walking behind she, it. she was walking so it's just kind of gradually rolling but they even drove up to the gate yeah right and the dead people are sitting in the front two yeah. seats and so she was in the back somehow and she shot the first guard and like, I, think I don't so. i don't know how this happened right you know just and then it starts to roll again and she's somehow behind it yeah um but in, in movie logic, yes. he ignores significantly throughout this movie. Sure. But I did like that scene. I thought it was cool as she was tactically taking out these guys. Yeah. But my issue with it is that it was standard point and shoot kind of action scenes. It's it's something you could have seen Nick Cage doing, Van Damme doing. Even Van Damme you, had more you than throw Nick Cage well, out I, there. I'm you just, just devalue what this. I'm. Well, yeah, I am kind of. I am devaluing it because. It's not hard to get somebody, any kind of actor, to do point and shoot. You can make anybody try and look like at least with Taken, they gave Liam Neeson some hand to hand scenes to show that he can. Well, not only can he just point and shoot, but he can fight as well. And I didn't think the editing was a little choppy, but it wasn't egregious, right? It wasn't like massive shaky cam where you can't follow what's going on. It, it, it skewed a little bit towards choppy editing to hide, I think, some of that, but not. It wasn't one of the worst offenders of that I've ever seen. No, and it surprised me they didn't do more hand-to-hand because she can do it. Right. We, we've seen her do it, and she did it in Electra. She did it in Alias. You know, she knows how to fight convincingly, and they didn't use that really at all. Is like, like you said, mostly, mostly gunfire. She, there right. are a couple scenes where she stabs people with knives or whatever, but that's, yeah. that was minimal when they could have done a lot more. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Atomic Blonde to me earlier about— and. Jennifer Gardner is far more oh, believable sure. as as that type of 
of fighter than yeah than Charlize Theron. But look at what <laughs> they did with her, right? Yeah, and so they had more that they could they could have done right with this setup that they they didn't take advantage yeah, of. Yeah, because it's not about just the point in shooting guns. Because I, I get that John Wick uses a lot of guns, but it's the style in which it's done. He kind of, I mean, it's like a throwback to Equilibrium Gun Kata, right? It's like half fighting half shooting right so yeah. he's he's doing things you've never seen done with his gun instead of point shoot guy goes down yeah so that's where i felt like it, it very much reminded me of taken i will say because i rewatched that within the last year and we, we mentioned this i think on the preview podcast or i mentioned it that taken doesn't really hold up as much as i thought it did over time i remember it being like oh that that was so good so unexpected but as time has kind of worn on you can kind of see the flaws in it with a little bit of the story the action isn't as great as you remember but see it it reminded me more of john wick the way she was doing things because like she'd shoot him in the knee so they'd you know move to a better shot and then pop him in the head but that but it wasn't it wasn't as consistent though like that was wick's whole tactic like she maybe does that a few times only because she fell off the ceiling and onto the floor and was hiding and then shot the guy in the ankle and then he fell and then shot whereas john well then then she pushes the and that that was probably my favorite she pushes the uh uh aisle over right onto the guy and then runs up there and shoots him right in the head. It's like, oh, that's that's more brutal. <laughs> right. So yeah, there there's some nice touches here and there, but for the most part it's a very very like color by number action scene. So bringing that full circle, when you're making an action movie, you clearly want to focus on the action, and it's okay, I think, to forgive some of the storytelling and all that stuff. But if the more you forgive in the storytelling or the more you look past, I guess, in the storytelling, the more your action had better be entirely on point. And what really makes the movies like John Wick great is that it has great action, but it also doesn't really skimp on the storytelling. It it at least like it's light on story, but what is there is very efficient, right? With John Wick, I remember you and I walking out like, whoa, what's this whole world we have now where you trade in gold coins for assassinations and all that kind of stuff. So it's thin, right? But at the same time, it's not so thin that you're like, well, it was it was bad movie logic. I am not even really interested in what else happens over here in the side world. It it, it gives it room to breathe and expand, whereas this just really doesn't. Yeah, and you mentioned John Wick, so I have to to bring the. <laughs> is this like the, a debate? The, 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 my name is, was mentioned. My name, yes, I get to I get to <laughs> counteract. Well, I mean, things like yes, we're interested in the world and John Wick, but a lot of stuff didn't make sense. Also, sure, you know, one you get four gold coins for killing a guy, but it costs a gold coin to buy a drink. Sure, you know, and it's like, wait, what? what is, how much are these worth? Yeah, but at least that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, well, what was that word? <laughs> at least it's interesting. Good lord. <laughs> You got me all flustered trying to talk bad about John Wick. <laughs> you get your riled up. You don't do that. Push those John Wick buttons. But so the other thing, since not to make this a whole like treatise on um, John Wick, but something else that I, I found really funny about the comparisons between the two is that she loses her husband and her kid in front of her, right? Right. John Wick lost a dog. I mean, it's kind of a running joke, but you felt more for John Wick than you ever did about Riley North and Peppermint, which yeah. is, a, again, a kudos to the John Wick guys because they figured out how to take something almost laughable about a dog and they made it represent his wife and it's the last thing he had from her, all that stuff. So you had that kind of emotional weight in John Wick. And in this one, she sees her wife or her husband and kid gun down and it just kind of don't really care. Well, I think it, a lot of that is, one, they had the five years in between. Yeah, and, and so you, you separate it by by that she left for five years, and 
dealt with it, yeah. I guess. Um, but also when she comes back, it's not single minded. It's she's reducing crime all over. She's hunting, yeah, you know, you're right. And, and so it, it's she's doing more than just hunting those three guys, which. Wait, you, you don't see that. Well, no, so you don't see, see the three guys, and you don't see their, her reducing the crime in Skid Row. No, You're just no. told all these things are kind of vaguely shown. Well, it starts the movie, her killing the one guy uh, in the car. So that's oh, what, yeah. Uh, that's so, right. So one of the three we see, and then she kills the judge, but not the lawyer or the DA. We right. We just hear about those. Right. You know, th- things like that. So it's just, it's a bigger, so you don't really get her emotional into it. Well, John Wick is... I'm killing this one guy because he killed my one dog. Right. You know, and then it kind of goes from there. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm hunting him. Which I think, is, I think it's better when it's focused. Oh, I agree. So, I agree Because you can focus that too. So it's like you didn't quite really know who she was. So, I mean, you could argue that once she gets the cart- the local cartel guy, why, why would she stop there? You know, she's worked her way up the food chain. I mean, at some point you got to get all the way to the top of the food chain if that's your mentality. Whereas, yeah, Wick had a stopping point of it was your son who did this to me and I'm coming after you. and. Right. Yeah. So let's go into this now, because you and I both talked about this. You mentioned the five years of training, right? <laughs> um, Which, in our preview, you mentioned the only thing you wanted to see in this movie was her right. her, her training and how how did she get from, right. from lovable banker mom to yes. ba- badass assassin. Yeah, yes. because in other movies, you don't need that, right? Taken, he's got a particular set of skills. You're right. told this. John Wick, you know he used, he to, used be to be an assassin, be, atomic right. blonde. She's a spy. But when your story, your premise is soccer mom to assassin, right? I, I think you need to be shown some of that. I think, especially because more than a clip of her getting beat up, well, in MMA. So <laughs> yes, more than a clip of that doing MMA fighting in Europe somewhere that they have a YouTube clip of, which I would argue is almost even worse because she doesn't use a lot of her MMA skills. You, you being an MMA fighter gives me no understanding of how you know how to handle military grade weaponry with amazing proficiency, right? I don't, I'd rather just have not seen that to be perfectly honest. Cause it's not like she uses a bunch of MMA skills in any of her fights. Yeah. She does fight. So at least gives a little you bit something that she was, but that's not her MO. Right. But that's why she was gone. She was, you could, it gives you a taste of, she was doing something towards this, but she has sure. no idea why she knows which guns she she was very specific on the guns that she stole. Right. I mean, it, it would yeah. be like <laughs> it would be like asking why I hit like 20 home runs in a baseball game and you show a YouTube clip of me playing basketball in Europe like, <laughs> okay? I mean, so you're saying you like know, sports. It, yeah, like sports. You like sports. <laughs> right. So I don't I didn't I didn't quite get that. I would rather have been shown nothing. But yeah, that was a sticking point for me because not so much in that. I mean, one I wanted to see it from an action movie standpoint, but two like I think it would have helped you understand like what she went through. Like one of the best things about Nolan's Batman's, which I don't know why I'm jumping here. Actually I do. Because you always jump to Nolan. I always jump to Nolan's yes. Batman's, but it's, and I think you're a fan of this too. When he goes out and figures out how to become Batman, right? He not only trains with Ra's al Ghul, but he, he steals from himself. You know, that whole little yeah. setup of he gets in jail fights. That's really cool. And it, it's not a lot of time spent on it, but it's enough to be like, okay, that's how they're pretty boy went to being Batman. You actually gave me a little bit of that. I'm good. I didn't need a lot. I'm good. Yeah. But this one, you're just like, all right, I mean, can my wife now who drives a minivan too, yeah. can, if if she goes away for five years, should I expect her to come back knowing yes. how to handle military weapons? She could. I mean, she could. But that, Well, that's the same sort of thing with Doctor Strange is you want to see the hero fail as they're trying to become what it is that they're trying to become. Right. You want to see them work towards it. 
And my, one of my problems with Doctor Strange is he just picked it up so quickly that yeah. all of a sudden he, he just knew how to do magic. Sure. You know, and so they didn't spend a lot of time, you know, developing him of, he just knew how to do it. Yeah. I mean, yes, you want to sell him as a prod- prodigy of, he knows how to do this, but you want to see that failure. You want to see him get his butt kicked, you know. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and learn, you know, and say, okay, I'm not going to fall for that next time. Type yeah, of thing. And, and true. And again, that, that only applies if your setup is that they didn't know how to do that before. The right. reason why we forgive it on John Wick and these other ones is because you're just, you're told. And yeah. that's fine. He's been doing this for X number of years yeah. already. Here's so his you file. Assume, here's his <laughs> right. file. Yeah. So the, I, I did have a problem with that. I, I agree with you that I don't think you need it, but I think by not having it, you lose a lot in the movie. You don't get invested in Jennifer Garner. You don't understand why she can do these things. You just kind of, all right, I'll take it for granted that you can go do this. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go back to the, to the beginning. So, the start of the movie, they hooked me pretty early. So we had, because we worried about this, how long is it going to take for us to get into the, the badass mode, mm-hmm. you know, before she's killing somebody, before she's doing something like that. And they led with that. They led with a fight in a car of her killing somebody. And you're like, okay, she shoots them straight in the head. And we're aggressive. We're, we're getting off to a good start. And like, okay, you have me there. Then you get to the family side, so you know you had to get this backstory of her family dying, and then they tell you the story of this of the guy that they're messing with. Mm-hmm. Family, family's dead, and it's a it sh- goes to show you they're building up this this cartel boss of you even think about stealing from him, and he not only kills you but he kills your family too. And like wow, and then hey, let me show you this badge. This is the last cop that investigated him, and they put this in the police station. It's a badge with a hole in it, a bullet hole in it. Yeah. And so you're building up this guy of, oh, man, this is a, uh, I like the storytelling. We're getting Kaiser Soze-esque, you know, we're, we're trying to build up this guy. And, and we've only seen him for half a second, ch- taking machete to a guy. And, and so we're like, this is the, we have the buildup. And I'm, I'm getting excited here. The next, the, ne- <laughs> the next scene we see Freddie Mercury, because that's what the bad guy looks like. And you I, mean I, Bennett? <laughs> you know, he looks like Bennett, too. Uh, he couldn't, I couldn't get that Freddie Mercury out of my head. Right, which is I why I went to Bennett. Yes, yes. He, uh, uh, the next scene that we see him in, he's basically getting his balls chopped off by the real cartel. They're saying, well, you're just a little dog. You know, there's no... All the power of how cool or badass this guy was was sucked away from something that we never revisit again. Right. Other than she disrupted his drug trade, which had again had nothing to do with anything, really, yeah. and that was just a terrible way of storytelling. When you could have kept him, now you you could have hinted at the end that there he does have bosses, you know, in the cartel for her to have a sequel, or whatever, right? But you didn't need them to just cut him off so so quickly. Sure, uh, of you had this bad guy built up, and it's a really cool story. You even think about stealing from me and kill your right. whole family, and then that. That's cool, you know? And yeah. then it's like you're scared, you're built up, and then you see this guy, and he gets crapped on by another guy you don't see for the rest of the movie. I mean, like, okay, he's just a pud. Yeah. And now she's going to fight a pud. Right. I agree. The the bad guy, and in fact, I think the guy that I found the most menacing that they never revisited was the lawyer. That scene where he visits her in the house and tries to kind of bribe he's her dead. and stuff. She killed him. Well, I know, but, like, <laughs> yeah. that, that was, like, that was a pretty cool little scene there that was a little bit tense. And I could have seen maybe, you know, how crazy would that have been if he ended up being like the cartel leader, you know, he actually came to your house and offered you money to walk away, but you didn't. So it's on now, but there's so many different angles this could go, but yeah, especially for 
I know you feel very strongly about villains make movies. Yeah, this villain sucked. sucked. I mean, I wish they would have given him chain mail now that I see that in my head, which I guess we found out like randomly this year that that was never chain mail. It's like a sweater, but yeah, I mean, did I send you that article? And we're, we're talking about Commando. Yeah. Uh, the bad guy in Commando who... Who we thought always wore chain mail and it ends up being a sweater, but I, I'm just going to delete that. It's yeah. always chain mail. Yeah, Overweight like Freddie Mercury. A, a, a chain mail vest. <laughs> yeah, the, the bad guy was so bad, but I, I wish I had drawn the connection to Bennett while I was there. A, a Latino <laughs> Bennett is yes. who that guy was. That's perfect. Okay, so you kind of mentioned this a second ago too, but... I just want to reiterate how stupid it was that we didn't get to see her kill the, you know, I guess two of the three at least, or all three of the guys who... Two of the three guys that killed her family. Yeah. And then two of the three judges slash lawyers. Right. So so the the people who I guess you would argue are most directly responsible for her either family dying or her lack of justice or whatever, we don't even get to see. We see the judge. And that's it. But the the scene in the trailer of of the Ferris wheel, you know, you're like, oh, that that's a cool visual. But that's they just right off the bat, yeah, they just randomly cut to it after the five years later. She's back, just, yeah. We're like, oh, okay. So like, you get to see the people she's taking out her vengeance on, are the people that like you you understand by proxy that they're responsible for. But you would rather really see her get the revenge. And can we stop doing this in movies to where it's on the anniversary of her family's death? <laughs> yeah. That she decides that I'm right. going to wait for, I'm, I'm ready now, but I need to wait six more months for the anniversary. Of right. My, to unfold my plot um, perfectly. To, to kill them all. Yeah. I, unnecessary. It is. I think it's always sounds cool. Like there's a bit of poetic justice She's to it, but on the anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course the cops don't realize this. It's the FBI agents like, Oh, don't you realize it's the five year anniversary? Like, okay. So, right. <laughs> yeah. There's so many things not shown on screen and you touched on this earlier too, but they end up finding out where she lives because they notice that the crime rate in Skid Row has dropped and they go back and do some data analysis and figure out that three months ago, which is exactly when she came back into the country, the violence in Skid Row started going down. And so they attribute that to her, which we never see any of that. So she's cleaned up the violence in Skid Row. We don't see it. And then she's trying to remain anonymous by living in a van, an unmarked van. A Punisher van? Yeah, Punisher van. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, there's a giant mural right where her van is. Of her. Of her. (laughs) And and even her face. Like, you can tell it's, I mean, not perfectly of her face, but enough to be like, okay, longer face, strong cheekbones. That really honestly looks like Riley North. So not not hiding too much it's just the movies where they they have i guess what they think are cool ideas but don't fit them in normally like it's fine to have a big mural and have her be a a warrior of the downtrodden but show some of it but then you can't make her anonymous at the same time she's got to be pretty obvious who she is so don't play the anonymity card with the giant mural on the wall yeah, and the only time that they do anything like that is basically the fight club scene where uh she takes the guy's driver's license and said be good to your kid. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and that so, that was drunken just... and, and and basically it's a I I know where you live and I'll come find you type of thing. Right. And it was done really really weakly. I thought so too. I saw a lot of people say they liked that scene. I was like, I did not like that scene. I liked when she slammed his, his face into that. I, I, I jumped, she slammed his face right into the cooler. Yeah. You know, and that, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then, of course, she steals a car but gives the guy to money to the cashier because she's just renting it because she's, she's a good a r- person. Rent money, yes. A, a vengeful person with morals is 
obviously what she is because you can't root for a vengeful person who's just vengeful. And you live on Skid Row. Yeah. All these homeless people and you burn all the drug money. <laughs> right. You and couldn't so, give it to the homeless like, people. I was like, why would you give it to the homeless people? <laughs> right. I mean, is that, you know, I just don't get that. It's yeah. Like, no, he, she burned it all. She didn't take the money. Well, take the money, you know? Yeah. You use the money on your vengeful quest or yeah. something. But yeah. And that, that gas station scene where you're talking about where she threatens the, the guy, like there's some line she gives in that that I didn't like. And she's got a couple of, of bad lines in the whole movie that just really stood out like sore thumbs. You could tell they were supposed to be cool moments. They wanted you to think they're cool moments, but it just felt completely flat well, see, The ones that you didn't like, I actually liked. So the one where she was uh, the Girl Scout's mom. Yeah. And she has her tied up in her living room, and she says she's going to uh, burn her house down with her in it. And at that point in the movie, you think, you know, she's already stabbed the the, the judge and blew him up. And you're like, she may do that. Yeah, but that would be that would have been ridiculous. Yes. All because they got into a fight five years ago about who can sell Girl Scout cookies out in front which, of the store. Which, if you walk through the events, this is why her family was there to get killed. Um, because right, yeah, but that's but very loose. It, it was, but I was like, she's really gonna burn the. And then she goes, "I'm just kidding." You know, I was like, I was like, I liked that. Uh, yeah, it was the just kidding part that got me. It was supposed to obviously be clever and funny, and it was just stupid. No, but I like that she messed with her like that. Yeah, I, I I was okay with that one. <laughs> I wasn't. I was just none of the lines really worked for me. Even the the one in the trailer where I'm going to shoot you in the face and figure it out from there. It just. Maybe if they could have worked it in a different way, okay. But it just, uh, I didn't like it in the movie. Yeah, I I was okay with that one too. Because straight to the point, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Right. <laughs> so the other little theme going on throughout the movie, or plot line, I should say, not a theme, is, is the cops obviously trying to figure out who she is. And we already know that there's a bad cop because we've been because told in the, in the, well, yeah, and we were told in the beginning because the, like you mentioned, the badge with the bullet hole in it. They're like, oh, right. well, then there must be a bad cop. Which the only one that made sense was Ortiz. Right. You know, or but, the other guy. But the other, it doesn't make sense that the other guy was the bad cop because he's the one that brought her in to testify You know, when she was on yeah. death. They would, have, they would have been let go right. had she not testified. Yeah, so it, why bring, him, bring her in at all if you're a bad cop? Right. It, it made more sense for Ortiz because it's, it's usually the guy you kind of don't think it is, and he's more clean cut or whatever. And like when you cut to the five years later of the other cop, he's like pouring whiskey into his coffee. Right. And I remember being like, what happened to this guy? Like we saw why? him five years ago, and he was all fine. But So, I mean, I don't know if we're supposed to understand. Like the timing doesn't make sense because if he got into the pocket of the cartel after that, like after she went away, it it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense then as to why they had somebody on okay. the inside before. Him. But no, but that doesn't make sense because if somebody else, yeah, I mean, yeah, they could have recruited him. But I remember thinking, a lot happened in that five years that we didn't see. <laughs> so I'll, okay, I'll let. I didn't even think about he could have been recruited later. Sure, but I think the impl- I think him. the implication from the beginning was that there's always been a mole on the inside. But you're right, it yeah. doesn't add up. But I remember specifically seeing the like what happened to this guy in the last 5 years that cuz he was normal in the beginning and now yeah. he's just pouring whiskey into his coffee in the beginning like this guy's lived a hard life. Like okay, well what what was the hard life? I don't get it. And I think now we're supposed to assume that it was him working for the cartels that was taking a toll on him. Yeah, and I thought that they were going to go the route with the reason they didn't put some things together because he was feeding Jennifer Gardner information. Mm-hmm. And he was helping her track down because he was the cop that tried to do it at the beginning. And so I, th- I thought that's the way they were going to go with it. Right. Why things weren't connecting uh, for the police because he was undermining them for her sake, not right. for the cartel's sake. 
which would have made a lot more sense. Yeah, bad cop turning good kind of thing. Or, yeah, I don't believe in the system, but I believe in the vigilante. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, good in the sense that, you know, he's redeemable, I guess. But yeah. Well, I didn't even think that he was part of the cartel. No. I, so he wasn't a bad cop. He was just right. a cop <laughs> yeah. that, that couldn't do things well, you know, and based that, on the system. And that plot line, its resolution of the fact that it ends up being everybody finds out that he's working for the cartel has no impact on anything. Nothing. It's not like he then turns on the cartel and gets them in trouble. You know, all the different possible outcomes that kind of uh, fork off of the fact that he's a bad cop, but he gets found out. Like, it's irrelevant. The only thing that it did was he killed the FBI agent and she found that phone. Yeah. And she could have had her own phone. Right. Which. And she got a gun because that gun was there. But. Yeah, it's like, so that, that's, that's a pretty it. that's a pretty bad setup, right? Like we're gonna <laughs> write this whole story about a cop working for the cartel, and then the, you know everybody ends up finding out about it only so that we can get the FBI agent out of the picture, which nobody would have cared about, and the phone there and the gun there that she will use later. Every cop and every cop scene was terrible. Yeah, that's true. They were all bad actors. FBI, regular cop, bad yeah. cop, all of them bad actors no effort put into any of those scenes whatsoever yeah like there was a scene where it was all three of them one of them walked away for no reason so two could have a conversation then then that third one came back and then somebody else left so these two could have a conversation and then they all just kept jumping in and out of each other's like what is happening and where is this person going right just getting some some more coffee it's it's so weird and and just so it can keep flowing and, oh, well, we don't want her to hear that part. So, just, and so <laughs> right. she's walking away, but then, but then we want these two to talk to each other. And it's like, what? right. We couldn't figure out a good scene. So we'll just have you walk away and come back casually. It, it's, it's done so, so poorly. I'm yeah. like, this, and I'm sitting there going, this director sucks. <laughs> that, that's, that's what I was thinking the entire time was this director sucks. Every time there was a cop on scene and, yeah. and I don't even blame, I do. I mean, they, they weren't good actors, but it was just set up for them to fail yeah i agree the the director was not good and honestly the movie was not good the acting wasn't very good and the action was subpar that's that's, that's your assessment that, that is my assessment that that is entirely true all right so we're kind of touching on it already so do you just want to dive into the questions and we'll, we'll go from here let's do it i'll i'll let you start okay so your rating and why i gave it a two i was I was actually on the fence with a one and a half. Uh, Come on. A 1.75 would have been Stop. perfect. Stop. The only thing saving this movie from not getting a one and a half is that I gave Death Wish a two. In in some ways, I... And you said this is the same as Death Wish? Yeah, I mean, it's comparable to Death Wish. I, comparable I actually, in the plot line, but well, it's so but much better than Death Wish. I don't know. See, I think... What? I think you actually, if you combine them together, you still have an average movie, but at least you have a more whole movie because Death Wish actually tried to answer the questions about how he went from a normal surgeon to a vigilante, but the action scenes weren't very good. We talked about they were actually like horror scenes more because they were focused on the gory side. But if So if you took how he got from point A to point B and combined it with Jennifer Garner's action scenes, you probably have a better movie overall. It's still very average, but it's, you know... So I didn't feel like I could give this movie a one and a half with Death Wish being a two because I didn't think it was, in some ways it is worse than Death Wish. In other ways, it's better no, than Death Wish. I so think, I don't think there's anything. But the else. action, I've talked about it before. It was entirely mediocre. It was a bad, you know, bad and stupid plot will sink any movie. It's a more so with an action movie because if your action isn't good and your plot is stupid or it's bad acted or whatever it is, it's just going to make the movie feel that much worse. 
this probably should have been direct to DVD. I've seen some other movies that are, I mean, Death Wish probably should have been uh, a Bruce Willie straight to DVD. I remember watching Bloodfather with Mel Gibson. I feel like that was should have been straight to DVD. So it, it's got a certain level of quality to it that uh, is just not good. And I, I'm getting tired. And I haven't seen all of these, but I'm getting very tired of the Taken formula, which says take uh, an against type actor or actress, put them in an action movie, and then try to have enough generic action scenes and a light plot to to make make it count. Right? It worked with Taken. It stopped working with Taken Two and Taken Three. Um, I'm midway through The Gunman. It did not work for that. It didn't. I didn't see The Foreigner with Jackie Chan, but I felt like that's what that was going for. But there's been a handful of these other movies that have sprung up since Taken where we, again, against type actor, put them in an action movie to make people think, oh, hey, this person's in an action movie? That could be cool. And it just never works. The Taken formula worked once, and it hasn't worked since. Jackie Chan isn't an against. Uh, well, no, he's not as much against type, but he's getting older to the point where you wouldn't expect him at his age to be leading an action movie. So that's where I was kind of going with that, because he is obviously an action star. I get that. But at some point, you reach a certain age where it doesn't seem plausible for you to be that action star anymore so in that case i stretched a little bit but that's kind of what i feel about this movie it tried the taken formula and like every other movie since taken it's just not good so what was your favorite moment i really struggled with this i sat there and racked my brain for like 30 minutes to try and think of one and i just landed on the pinata factory shootout which i didn't really overly enjoy but i guess compared to everything else in the movie it's the best i guess so what's one thing that you would change? Uh, one the, one thing. Yeah, the choreography. I would change the choreography because I could enjoy... I mean, if you took John Wick-style action scenes and put them in this movie, at least I could say, whoa, that action scene was really cool. That was violent. That was bloody. It was well choreographed. That was awesome. Yeah, the rest of the movie sucks, but, you know, whatever. But in this case, the action scenes are so bland that it just feels like it goes along with the rest of the bland movie. So theater or couch? Definitely couch. And so you'd pay for this, right? <laughs> no, no. I should be paid to watch this. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, popcorn movie or an art house film? Popcorn movie, for sure. Yeah, Oscar or a Razzie? Somebody should get a Razzie for this. It's bad. <laughs> and if you liked what, then you would like this movie. I said Death Wish. There's probably a bunch of different ways you could go with this, but any kind of you know, generic action movie that does not meet expectations that's revenge. Yeah, there's so I many mean, you could pick. I just I mean, picked that's, Death Wish. That's kind of a cop out because nobody liked Death Wish. So yeah, and I didn't like this. So I'm saying if you like Death Wish, you should like this because from my perspective, I gave them both twos. So if somebody gave Death Wish a three or a four, they should probably give Peppermint a three or a four. Death Wish is so much worse. Uh, I, I think it's different kinds of bad, but in the end, there, there's a lot of similarities there. So, I'm guessing since you did not agree with my two-star take, you got not. something different. So, what'd you rate it and why? I gave it a three. That's not good. I gave it a three. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was an above-average vengeance-type <laughs> movie. It is, not, it is not above average. This is my time now. I know. This, this I'm, is just, my I'm time just reminding now. the audience it is not above average. Above average at this type of movie. It, it is. It is. And so, you have... I like. Well, hold on. I like Hold on. I have, I have a quick interjection I need to ask you. Because you've given like Rampage and Skyscraper, I think, like two and a half. I'd have to go back and look. Uh, skyscraper, I think, got two and a half. Okay. 
and that's kind of an action movie. I, I know. I mean, if we're subdividing way down into revenge genre, then they're not the same. But if this, we're just this ta- was more entertaining than Skyscraper, and I hate to do that to Dwayne. Wow, but I don't know about this. That. Was definitely more entertaining than Okay. I need to do some research on your rankings because this this feels shaky to me. I no, the, I, I severely question your rating of action movies after this because this is a very average action movie. It's slightly above average. It's I mean, not. It, <laughs> no, no, yeah, I did not say it's slightly above. This is, <laughs> this is slightly <laughs> above average. This okay. is a three. And All so right. I like Jennifer Garner. Uh, there was an atrocious scene in there that I can omit in my mind in getting her to this role. This is like a. Uh, a more brutal, more violent uh, Sydney Bristow from Alias. And I think that's a good role for her. I think the director sucked. And so I'm not making any, I think I've mentioned that a hundred times already on this, this podcast, but uh, he heard it, but I think she did well with what she was given. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more than a lot of these movies that we've seen that I give two and a halfs to. Um, so it's, it's above that. So we're at, we're at a three. I like I like the action scenes. I don't know why you don't like those. I thought they're they were done well. Um, I thought they had something there that they they let go. And again, I think that's just a poor poor director to put this all together. Yeah, I totally disagree. The action scenes are are so so bland, so bland. I mean, it, it's the equivalent of like uh, they're even worse than Seagal and Van Damme movies because at least they would fight. But when they point and shoot, I mean, that's all it is. It's just point and shoot. It's not, there's no... Point and shoot cool things. No. Yeah. No. These are, it's no. so generic. <laughs> all right. So what was your favorite moment? Uh, I really like the the pinata factory scene. Where she's, again, going through and killing everybody in different ways. Uh, I liked... Different ways? Different ways. Besides pointing and shooting? Yeah. She stabbed a guy in the neck. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yep. What's one thing you would change? I would change the bad guy and the bad guy, uh, not the bad guy setup, but the bad guy setup was perfect. I just hate what they did with him. And they, I didn't like their choice of bad guy. Uh, maybe if you take his mustache away, <laughs> it made, made him look different, but they just immediately neutered him to where he was not intimidating at all. Yeah. From the second scene that we saw him in. And I do that, agree with that. That, that would, uh, that would help this movie substantially. Yep. Theater or couch? It's a couch movie. And you don't... Yeah, I'd wait for it to come on Netflix or something. So they're not paying for it? Not going to pay for it. Not even paying for a Netflix subscription for it? No. Wait for it to be basic cable? (laughs) No, because then you're going to get edited out anything that's worth... (laughs) Which is very little. So you're saying it'll be very little edited? (laughs) No, I'm saying the the things that are worth seeing, the violence piece that they're (laughs) going to edit out of a... On, on TV yeah, that you'd see. And you want to see that part. Yeah, I gotcha. Popcorn movie or art house film? It is a popcorn movie. And yes, the director deserves a Razzie. <laughs> okay. So then if you liked Blank, you would like this movie? Uh, any of the Punisher movies. Because I think this was this is better than the Punisher movies. I think the Punisher movies that we have are pretty sad interpretations of Frank Castle and his story. And John Travolta was awful. Um, he was worse than, than this guy. Um, it's been too long since I've seen the Thomas Jane one. And it's just not, uh, this is a, a better, I feel like Warzone was better than this, but I, I haven't seen it in a while. No, I mean, they, they get almost uh Batman. Uh, Do they forever with neon and bad guys? And, but I also don't, I didn't like this movie. So I, I liked a lot of parts of Warzone. 
but I thought this is a better, better put together. What about the Dolph Punisher? But Dolph, ha- Dolph has a near and dear spot <laughs> in, my, in my heart. Okay, uh, but I can't, I can't claim that's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get it. I, I mean, th- those are probably pretty accurate comparisons, both thematically and quality wise, because I, I don't think I like any of the Punishers, so I that would equate nicely considering this basically is the Punisher movie and it's not good. So I was going to equate this to man on fire. You know, if you like man <laughs> on fire, then you like this, but oh, that does remind me about, there is a similarity between this and man on fire. And that's that stupid editing technique that this director decided to do in the first like 20 minutes of, of peppermint where he like, he'll be looking at Jennifer Garner as she's healing herself in the van. And he, like shakes the camera and does a light flash and stuff like that. Yeah. That was trash. It was it was so <laughs> bad. But it reminded me of Man on Fire because I caught a little bit of that the other day and I think Tony Scott directed that one and that is all over the place in Man on Fire. And I did not remember that and it annoyed the crap out of me. Oh, I thought it fit Man on Fire. And it I, made I me want to rewatch it because I it really, really bothered me to the point where I was like, Do I not think I like Man on Fire as much as I used to? Because this little technique that's happening is bothering the crap out of me. And he it happened in this movie, and I was getting super annoyed. And thankfully, he dropped it after like the first twenty minutes. No, so, I, I I liked everything about Man on Fire. It's one of my top top five movies. Of yeah, all time. Uh, agreed. This that that technique made me question myself. So I need to go back and watch that. But and while Peppermint didn't quite crack top five, <laughs> I, I did enjoy it. It shouldn't even crack top five of any list. <laughs> Not even top five revenge <laughs> movies. It's it is in the middle of revenge movies. Well, that's better, a, better, that wouldn't be top five. That, better than no, it's not <laughs> right. That's <laughs> no. what I'm saying. It should be. No. It's, maybe he's not even top five Jennifer Garner it, movies. It, except all my top five, I think, are revenge movies. <laughs> <laughs> it it would definitely be top five Pierre Morel movies. We can get with that. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm not sure he has five that he's directed. Maybe he does. But yeah, I bet I could find five other Jennifer Garner movies I like better than this. I'd have to do some digging on that. Daredevil, Electra, <laughs> right? Yeah, start going for that. She's in the Kingdom, I think, which is a uh, like an Iraq that. War movie. She is in that, yeah, yeah. So I think I think if we went through the filmography, this wouldn't even be a top five Jennifer Garner movie. Maybe, yeah, maybe. All right, well that wraps it up for Peppermint. As usual, check us out at twoviewsmovies.com. Talk to us on Facebook, but most importantly, go out to the podcast store on Apple or Google. Hit subscribe so you can get the new episodes whenever they come to us. And if you like what you're hearing, definitely leave us a rating on one of those stores. And even better, if you could, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think on those app stores. That would really help us out a lot. And we will catch you next time.